everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, November 29th, 2015. Only three episodes this week, which is always a little bit disappointing, but I hope everyone was able to maybe take a day or two off and enjoy your family, enjoy your Thanksgiving if you're here in the U.S. Um, if you're not in the U.S., you just got shafted by two episodes, so sorry about it. I'll try to give you some YNR chatting <laughs> to, to fill your YNR desires. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if it's the fact that there are only three episodes, but something about them, uh, I think, made them more precious. The fact that there was not as much content made me really savor all three of the episodes, knowing that I wasn't going to get more. Because as I watched the Wednesday show, it opened up with, ooh, damn, Lily and Kane, and excuse me, no, Lily and Joe, I, I'm so conditioned to say Lily and Kane, Lily and Joe having sex. I mean, Joe is like smooching her all the way to the bed as this theme song to YNR swells. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that Lily is sleeping with him. What on earth is she thinking? What happened? What was the fundamental break in Lily and Kane's relationship? I mean, definitely Kane was the one that turned her away, but there was a reason, and yet still, it feels like there's not a, a, an overwhelming reason as to why Lillian Kane need to be broken up. I can't believe that Lily is even uh, uh, trusting Joe at all, let alone letting, getting into his bed, getting into his smarmy, slick, greasy bed. It's shocking to me. Kane is 100% convinced that Joe was the person who, who knocked him out, tried to kill him in the fire at Newman Tower, that he's, in addition, the person who was framing him for extortion with Devon and the Hillary's kidnapping, and that Joe's just basically trying to clear Kane out of the way so that he has a path to Lily. And if that's the case, it's completely working. I don't know if that's it, but Joe is definitely reaping the benefits of Lillian Kane's marriage going up in smoke. It's it's all over. I mean, Kane thinks he's going to end up finding some information on Joe that's going to clear his name and expose Joe for being the slime bag that he uh, thinks that he is. So Kane goes up, he, he uses Colin to distract Joe and goes up into Joe's room to look for evidence uh, only to find evidence of another sort. Guess what he found? Something dirty. His wife. <laughs> His wife lying in Joe's bed, still like nude, uh, wrapped up in the covers. Oh my goodness, it was so scandalous. I guess I just don't understand why Lily stopped 
trusting her husband. Cain is not only mortified to see her there, probably disgusted beyond belief to see her there. In another man's bed, his wife, I mean, they've been married for a long time. This is a long-term couple on the show. To see her lying there in Joe's bed had to have been revolting to him. Yet he has the presence of mind to stand there and try to convince her that she might even be in danger. Joe is not some good guy. Cain believes that Joe framed him, doesn't want Lily to get caught up in this mess, and furthermore believes that Lily is Joe's motive for everything that uh, Cain thinks he's done, and Lily doesn't believe him. She just looks at Cain like he's out of his mind, and I don't understand why. I don't know why she stopped trusting Cain. I don't know when she stopped trusting Cain. I don't know why Cain's word is not good enough in this situation. She's known Joe for how many weeks? She's known Cain for years. You don't trust his judgment at all? But still, Cain is able to convince her that he needs help looking through Joe's room. He believes it. And Lily kind of defiantly says, okay, fine, let's go through Joe's room. Let's look and see if we can find some evidence on him. They open up his armoire, find a locked safe inside, and Cain convinces Lily to open it. I suppose to her credit, at least she decided to help him open up the safe, assuming that they're going to find nothing inside, but probably hoping to God they don't, uh, at least from Lily's perspective. And they open it up. What do they find inside? A black hoodie, the type of hoodie that the person who took the bag of money uh, was wearing the the night that night in the park when um, the extortionist took the money from Devon. So Kane grabs the hoodie and uh, leaves the room, leaving Lily devastated, not knowing what to think. She should have thought of this from the beginning. It's, I guess, I, I if I were not watching a soap opera, it would, I would know that it's so obvious that Joe's the bad guy and that he's doing all this. Yet at the same time, I still keep being on the lookout for a twist. I don't know if that's how you guys are feeling about it too. It feels like such a big question mark in my mind because I'm always on the lookout for the red herring, but yet at the same time, YNR has done a lot of obvious twists lately. You, you remember when we were debating about who the devil was going to actually be? And of course, it was obvious that it would be Ian Ward in the flames at Newman Tower. And yet we were looking for all of these other scenarios. YNR's been kind of playing it obvious lately. So there's a part of me that wants to just take it at face value and go, yeah, obviously Joe must be a scumbag and he's totally framing Kane. He's totally tried to kill Kane. And now he's just getting Lily into his bed uh, and, and, and uh, as the final cherry on top. But I'm still wondering if there's more to the story. That's my poll question question for you this week because I don't feel a hundred percent on either side of this so you tell me I mean I'm gonna in fact I'm gonna remove the extortion out of the picture here you tell me did Joe try to kill Kane yrchat.com is where you can cast your vote on that because maybe maybe he did extort 
do the whole extortion thing. Maybe he wanted the money, but that it could be a completely separate person who tried to kill Kane in the fire. It's possible. You guys let me know. <laughs> Let's focus on the more devious of acts. Did Joe try to kill Kane? You tell me. I'm a little bit surprised that Y&R did the big bubble burst of Devon finding out that Neil was the one who was having Hillary held on a Thanksgiving short week. <laughs> There's just part of me that would have expected them to drag that out a little more, but it was revealed all within the, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday episodes. That was kind of surprising to me, but I enjoyed it. Uh, since there was less YNR, I was definitely focusing in on the, the, the unraveling of this big lie that Neil's been keeping for so long. Devon's reaction to learning the truth. I mean, Neil had no choice. He, he had to come clean. Gwen was going to bust up his story. So Neil had to tell Devon himself. And Devon, Devon always seems to have one reaction, violence. <laughs> Devon was so angry with his father that he, you know, grabbed him. He kind of pushed Neil up against a wall and had his finger in his face, had his he, holding on to his collar, looking like he wanted to pummel Neil to pieces while Neil is just standing back, probably identifying with Devon's reaction and maybe getting ready for his punishment, maybe preparing himself to take the punch, preparing himself to take the punishment. And Devon sort of changed throughout the course of the week. First, he was angry. Then he was hurt and betrayed, of course. I mean, Devon did have one amazing line during that hotel uh, upstairs scene. He says to Neil, you know, you, you kept my wife from me. And now that she's back, you still have her. And I thought that really summed up the essence of how Devon is feeling in one beautiful, perfect line. Because it wasn't enough that Neil was holding Hillary and now Devon knows about it. But Hillary's back in the picture and Devon still can't have her. He's been searching for her all of these months. She's right within arm's length and he still can't reach out and touch her. She doesn't want him anymore. And it's just, it is very heartbreaking from Devon's perspective to watch Hillary not only wanting to be with Neil, but now defending him. Hillary finds out from Gwen, of all people, that upstairs in a hotel room, Neil is telling Devon the truth. I, I'm i sure we're going to see more of this next week, but just on a side note, I wanted to see Hillary get the claws out and get in a good cat slap on Gwen's face. Does any, is anybody else dying to see maybe Hillary attack Gwen or Gwen get smacked or maybe a good cat fight or something between them? Because Gwen's whole personality has changed. She's been dogged by Neil and now she's not going to take it anymore. So I think uh, Gwen really savored the moment <laughs> of telling Hillary that, oh yeah, you know how much you love Neil? Well, guess what? He's upstairs telling Devon right now and it's probably going to be about, oh, I don't know, five minutes before Neil goes to jail. <sighs> so 
Hillary runs upstairs to, to get up in between this argument. And Devon is at this point, it's about five minutes later, he's ready to call the police. He's ready to tell Paul everything. And Hillary won't let him. She tries desperately to convince Devon to not turn Neil in, to have some mercy and and to 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 in fact not turn Neil in by any means necessary. Hillary kind of offers herself to Devon in a in, in fact, a pretty blatant way. He leaves the room getting ready to go talk to Paul and Hillary follows him into the elevator and is desperately trying to convince him that she will do anything necessary to save Neil. That includes, you know, what do you want? You want to have sex with me? Do you want me to pretend to be your wife again? Uh, what is it? I'll do it. And I mean, to Devon's credit, he could have taken the offer, but he didn't. He said, you know, he He's appalled by the situation and on top of it that Hillary is so cold and callous to him as to offer this, to offer herself and to think that he's the kind of person who would accept that. It was really a heartbreaking scene. I felt terrible for Devon, but I knew, I knew that ultimately Devon was not, you know, that he was, he was the pin here. He was the key pin and that he was ultimately not going to go to the police. Hillary can't convince him. Uh, he he's he's on the path to Paul's office. Um, I think Neil ends up meeting him at the police station, and they have a, a heart to heart talk where Neil's ready to accept come what may for the sins he's committed. And throughout the course of talking it out, Devon decides, you know, there's not even any point in turning Neil in. Ultimately. Devon decides to keep Neil's secret, and, and not out of blackmail, uh, but, but just out of both loyalty to Neil and love for Hillary. And I was surprised for that. I, I could see Devon not wanting to turn in the man that Hillary loved, because Devon loves Hillary more than anything else in the world. He would do anything, sacrifice anything, spare no expense in order to give her what she needs, what she wants. And turning in Neil would have been turning in the man that Hillary now loves, even if it crushes and destroys him. But I was a little bit surprised that Devon developed a sense of loyalty toward Neil and, and said, I he, he sort of came to terms with why Neil did what he did, uh, why, you know, why he followed them to Virgin Gorda and uh, and and why he decided to keep Hillary. And Devon's own sense of guilt, I think, over the affair had sunk in. And that led to basically Neil and Devon having this healing moment of forgiveness in the police station. It seems that they, they, Devon decides not to tell Paul the truth, and there's this feeling of all is well. Devon and Neil come back to the athletic club. Hillary's about ready to leave town, but she she's um, still there, and she learns that Neil's not going to prison, and there's this really interesting scene of just Neil and Hillary sitting alone in her hotel room together, and it's just sort of an awkward moment between them. Like, okay, this secret that we've been both fighting to keep is safe for now. So what now? 
<laughs> and it was just this silence between them. I mean, if, if there's no stress, if there's nothing that needs to be covered up, all that's left of this story is the relationship part of it. It's what happens with the, the, the love triangle. Now, last week's poll that I put up at yrchat.com asked you guys, should Hillary and Neil be reunited? I was kind of surprised because 68% of you, the kind of overwhelming majority said, no, <laughs> do not reunite Hillary and Neil. Only 32% of people said yes. And I guess there was a part of me that is starting to maybe get pulled back into the idea of a Neil and Hillary love story. I think because there is something about Devon that, that comes off to me as one dimensional and I hate to say it but for as long as Devon has been on the scene and in my life and our lives I don't feel as connected to Devon as I do to Neil and there's just a part of me that wants to see Neil have a, a relationship, a mature relationship, although I don't know, maybe maybe um, Hillary's not it. Maybe Weiner needs to bring someone else on for, for Neil because I do think he needs somebody and I've been feeling like that for a really long time, but apparently you guys think that it should not be Hillary, so I'll, I guess I'll just go with the majority here. I don't know. I'll change my mind next week. <laughs> next week I'll be, I'll be boostering for for Neil and Hillary, who knows? But I think, I, I mean, I, it, it's weird. It ended, the, the story for of this story for the week ended on kind of a all is calm moment, but we still have the whole resolution of Dr. Neville and he's out there and uh, there's this scene where Dylan tracks Dr. Neville down and is gonna turn him into Paul and Dr. Neville needles Dylan, he like injects Dylan with something <laughs> to give him, gives him some crazy knockout juice and then flees off into the night. So I don't know if that was the last hurrah for Dr. Neville or if Dylan and Paul are going to keep chasing him down because just because Devon and Hillary have decided to keep Neil's secret doesn't mean that Dr. Neville will and doesn't mean that Gwen will either. Frankly, it's also shocking to me that YNR would blow up the baby switch on a short week. <laughs> I always expect, and in the past, holiday weeks were kind of slow. They would give you some fluff, but the baby switch happened this week. Sharon has, in quotes, given birth to her brand new baby boy. It was oh, it's just it's it's a never-ending tunnel of heartbreak. I. I'm so, I mean, whatever, baby switch done. Let's find out who Dr. Anderson is. That's my big question because there was a very important scene, I think on Monday's show, where Dr. Anderson runs into Nick and Sage at the hospital and she has this very inappropriate conversation with Nick where she's talking about Sharon's condition uh, and commenting on the Newman family and how they close ranks against outsiders. And I mean, it was just this inappropriate 
comment, a series of inappropriate comments, whether she was a legit doctor or not. Like, no matter if she had done this whole seedy thing with the baby switch, there's no reason she should have been talking about anything regarding Sharon to Sharon's ex-husband. It was weird, and it, but it clearly gave us this insight into her motives. She has negative feelings toward the Newman family. So this, whatever it is, whatever her reason for stealing this child away, it's because she has her eyes set on some kind of revenge against the Newman family. And the Newmans are just kind of lying in wait. They don't know that this is going on yet. Um, I think, I, I guess my, I don't know if the whole, I'm, I, I, I'm wondering if Dr. Anderson fits into the whole thing going on with the Paragon Project or if Dr. Anderson has a completely own separate vengeance. I mean, the Newman family has attacks coming in from multiple angles, seemingly. The ba- this baby switch, Dr. Anderson, they have Paragon Project. It's just, it's a full-on assault against Victor and his family. And, by the way, I will say, YNR, I totally appreciated that adorable scene between Victor and Faith. Victor lets the babysitter go for a couple hours, probably hands her a big old wad of cash, (laughs) tells her to go away, and he sits with Faith for a while, and he's just talking to her about Christian and his feelings about losing his grandson and just kind of trying to relate to Faith and help her through it, and I was so happy with YNR for doing that. This is what we need. Winner. I mean, I don't know if they're, you know, if they're trying intentionally to soften Victor up, but I hope so. I think it was really nice to just see a nice, a, a, a quiet, relaxing, sentimental scene between Victor and his granddaughter. You need to bring us into Victor's world, Winner. I mean, he's he's a central character. He does not need to be the villain. He need we need to like him in order for us to want to root for him on any level. We have to like him. So thank you for giving us that little moment between Victor and Faith while Faith's mom is going through something just horrific, just horrific. At the very end of last week's show. Uh, I think the cliffhanger for last Friday's show was Sharon realizing that she's not pregnant at all and shouting out in the, the room, I'm not pregnant, there's no baby, having this realization freaky as we picked up on Monday she's freaking out looking at herself in the mirror realizing there's no baby and shrieking when the orderly comes in and tells her to calm down calm down and injects her with another sedative it is just so hard to watch I mean the, the I'm sorry but that scene where the orderly is injecting Sharon as she's crying out this is just so sadistic. It's it's not only sadistic from like the character perspective, but why is Wyanar doing this? Watching Sharon being drugged, it's it's over the top. It's a it's way too much for me. But basically, it was like the orderly gave her a sedative that knocked her out, and then very next scene, boom, she's got a baby in her arms. She believes that she's given birth, and Doctor Anderson's handing it over and handling hair, Sharon and saying, "Yeah, you know, you congratulations, Sharon. You're a new mother. Gee, I don't remember giving birth. I don't feel like I just gave birth." 
Uh, it's so, again, over the top. Way over the top. We've just, we've gotten on some kind of roller coaster and it's, rather than going, we just, we've sailed over the horizon. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It is such a stretch to believe that any of this has happened. I would have rather Weiner just did a quick baby switch rather than giving us all the details of how it happened because all it does is remind me of how entirely implausible that it is. Eh. Eh. Sharon's not going to know. She's not going to suspect. It's all been explained away. Rather than calling Dylan, rather than calling the father to give him the news, I think because Dr. Anderson's intimidated by Dylan, but Dr. Anderson calls Mariah and gives Mariah the news that Sharon's just given birth. And Mariah is understandably a little bit shocked because uh, last time Mariah checked, Sharon had miscarried the baby. And I mean, how long has she been in this mental institution? The doctor just tells Mariah, oh, no, no, no. Uh, Sharon actually didn't miscarry the baby. Uh, that was wrong. She's been pregnant all along. Really? <sighs> uh, and you're just explaining that to her daughter now? <sighs> Who would even let her get locked up in this mental institution when it was supposed to be voluntary and then all of a sudden Sharon's saying she doesn't want to see her family. Nobody found that suspicious. It's Dylan didn't find this suspicious. It's, I can't. I cannot. <laughs> I don't know if Mariah's going to play uh, a, a major card here in revealing the truth or if that was just, if she's just been placated and, and, and um, the truth is going to be all to Sage and Nick to find out. It's just, it's so heartbreaking. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it explains the time frame. I mean, I don't know how much longer we're going to have to go through this. YNR has successfully, in quotes, explained the time frame that it may, that it's possible that Sharon would have given birth to a child of the size uh, at this time. And, um, uh, Dr. Anderson, or I think it was Mariah, or I don't even remember who called Dylan. I think Sharon called Dylan to tell him that he has a new son, and Dylan uh, <laughs> wakes up from getting his needle in from Dr. Neville to go, to, I don't even know what the point of that was, uh, to, to come in and meet his son for the first time, and it just really tugged on my heartstrings because we know that Dylan's lost a child. That's the whole point of why Sharon wanted to get pregnant again so soon because Dylan lost a child with Avery. It destroyed his world and he was never really able to recover from it and she didn't want that to happen to him again. And now here he is meeting his son for the first time. Sharon comes up and she comes up with this um, wonderful, that would be a wonderful idea under any other circumstance to name the child Sullivan after Dylan's friend that he lost on the battlefield. I mean, how, how, uh, how appropriate is that? It's completely appropriate. If it were real, if this were really their child, I'd be like, oh my God, that's so sad and wonderful. And like, congratulations, Dylan and Sharon. And it's a, but it's a moment that's been sullied. <laughs> it has been sullied, I tell you. <laughs> Oh, man, it's not going to be good at all. Uh, Dylan and Sharon, it's it, this road to the I think this road that Dylan and Sharon are on 
is going to lead to nothing but misery and the ruin of their relationship. Same thing probably for Nick and Sage. I don't know what Sage is going to do. I don't know what Nick is going to do. I don't know if they're going to recognize their child. I kind of think that probably Sage will. I feel like Sage is going to realize that's her baby. <laughs> and maybe Nick isn't going to figure it out. But I feel like Sage is going to be in tune. And maybe the reason that she's having trouble uh, uh, reconciling um, the death of her child, I mean... It would be hard, of course, but I mean, maybe, um, she, I guess what the point I'm trying to make is that maybe she knows instinctively that the child is still alive. That's why she's having trouble uh, dealing with it on any level. So maybe she's going to recognize the child instantly. Um, she's trying very hard to, to move on. She's doing much better. Clearly, we're seeing Sage be more positive. Both Nick and Sage learn the news from Mariah that Sharon's given birth and rather than having a emotional reaction Sage tries to pick it up and tries to congratulate Sharon she I'm sure is going to want to go see the child I think I think Nick is off to go see the baby um and I and I, I just feel like he's not going to recognize it but Sage will um but I it's got to be they live on the same property so it's got to be next week that Sharon brings the baby home maybe the week after Sage is going to see that baby um and she's going to hit the wall <laughs> It's going to be bad. Is it weird, though, that of all of the ridiculousness that surrounds this storyline, for some reason, all these scenes at the tag house have just... <laughs> <laughs> have just been like like I can't suspend my disbelief enough to to believe that Nick still lives in a barn. Okay, well, the other twist inside of the twist of this baby switch is, is it's, it's like the baby's not really Dylan's, but I guess it's not really Nick's either. I guess it's Adam's. I mean, was that revealed this week? I'm so confused because here's the thing. Chelsea managed to change Victor's mind about Adam's innocence. She's convinced Victor that Adam w was was legit when he went in and saved everybody. He was legit uh, in his desire to help and that he's not still working with Ian Ward. And so Victor decides that the plan's back on. Um, Victor has a, a totally new enemy that it's Billy and Phyllis and he want and Victor wants to work with Adam, the more unscrupulous of his children, in order to bring them down and restore his empire. So Victor goes to Adam to visit him in prison to let him know that the blackmail plan is still on. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely still on with the blackmail plan. Uh, so you're going to do what I want and I'll get you out of jail is, is what Victor's saying to Adam. But there's this moment in the jail conference room where Adam goes, okay, so we're back to doing this. Like, you're gonna, um, you're, I'm gonna help you. You're gonna get me out of jail. And if I don't help you, then you're gonna tell Chelsea that, that Christian was my son. And that line, I think, to a lot of viewers, just from reading comments throughout the week, was confirmation that Adam was 
Christian was slash is Christian's father. But I, and I was kind of surprised because I took it as Adam just kind of reiterating Victor's threat of blackmail. I didn't take that as Adam admitting his paternity. And maybe it's because that also seems far-fetched to me. I cannot conceive of the idea that Adam would know all along or know at any point that Sage's son was his and Adam wouldn't do anything about it. It's completely not character consistent. So if Adam's the father, I have a really hard time believing that he knows it. So I have a hard time believing that he would allow himself to be blackmailed with it. So I, I guess, I don't know, I, I guess I didn't get that part of the story. So I'm also curious to know if you guys can clear that up for me. Was there anybody else that thought that that was a little bit vague? Or are you guys, were you totally like, okay, yeah, that was Adam's admission? Um, I just, I don't know. But then, because then again, at the same time, it's like, why would he allow himself to be blackmailed if it wasn't true? But then on the other hand, I don't know that Adam even necessarily cares about that. I kind felt like maybe Adam was just giving Victor lip service because at the end of the day, Adam's number one goal should be to get out of prison and say yada yada whatever, let Victor think he's got the upper hand with blackmail or whatever so that it's his path out of prison. Burn in hell. <laughs> that was last week's Who Said It quote. The answer was Kane. Kane and Joe were having a conversation at the bar and Joe was just telling Kane to turn himself in and go away and ride off into the jail sunset and Kane just told him to burn in hell, which I thought was a really good quote given the fact that Joe was dressed up as the devil on Halloween. It just seemed very appropriate. So Candida and Katie, Tara, uh, Victoria, Fox Rocks, um, Elizabeth, Nicole, Colleen, and Liam all got it right. I wasn't fooling anybody. <laughs> I try to make the Who Said It quotes challenging, but you guys watched the show very, very closely. I like that about you. So here's another one from Monday through Wednesday's show. Tell me who said it. You wouldn't like me when I get angry. <laughs> who said it? You wouldn't like me when I get angry. Could have been anyone. But it was only one person, so go to yrchat.com and leave me your guess and let me know who you think said it. Short week of YNR, but it didn't stop me from having two pages of your comments to read. Um, thanks, everybody, for the comments all week. I, I love hearing what people do on Thanksgiving. I got lots of happy Thanksgiving wishes, and it's always interesting um, to, to hear people talking about like what their Thanksgiving traditions are. Gary had left me a voicemail, said he was going to a really interesting restaurant on Thanksgiving. Um, I had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I pretty much 
just sort of do the family meal thing. We usually have kind of a lunch around noon and then eat leftovers at night, leftovers the next day, leftovers the day after that. So I had a good one and I hope that you guys did too. Um, Gary also mentioned in his voicemail uh, about that scene with Dr. Anderson talking to Nick. Gary is uh, was mentioning that he felt that moment was Dr. Anderson showing her Newman wrath and revealing herself as Ian Ward's spokesperson. Spokesperson. So in contrast, Rose on YouTube says, I think Sharon's doctor was the girl that broke her neck in Nick's pool. She's casting revenge on both Sharon and Nick. Sage will know it's her baby and take him from Sharon. Sage will find out about the doctor's past with him and leave him without a family, leaving Sharon and Nick with no baby and ruining their lives. So I kind of keep going back and forth between Gary and Rose's theory too, because there is a part of me that thinks, yep, this is Ian Ward's motive. He's done a baby switch on Sharon before. But at the same time, I know I kind of, I can't help thinking that maybe Dr. Anderson is somehow that the girl who was involved in that accident at Nick's pool um, or that she's the daughter of the woman because uh, I think there would be a little bit of an age difference there um, and the comment that she made about the Newmans closing ranks around each other it's a little bit vague it could go either way or could it be both is there any chance that she's both involved with Ian Ward and is also the person who uh, who, who was involved in that whole pool tragedy. I don't know. Um, Katie on Facebook says, I've hated this baby switch storyline from the beginning, but seeing Dylan with that baby, oh my gosh, we can't do this to him. Not again. I don't want to watch this man's heart be ripped out. I know, Katie, because that's how I feel about everybody. I didn't. I haven't wanted to watch Sharon or Dylan or Nick or Sage or any of them go through this. I wish. I don't know. I think YNR. Uh, I don't know. The baby switch has been particularly hard to watch. I'm kind of glad that at least the part with Sharon being locked up is over. Maybe we can just get to the big reveal. Um, Anna left me a voicemail and she said, "You know, even if you buy everything else about." Sharon. How can she not know that she didn't give birth? This is definitely a comment that I've seen uh, just looking at uh, various comments in various places throughout the week. It was my initial immediate reaction. It's, it's so ridiculous that Sharon would not physically know that she's just given birth. I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's it's too big of a leap, YNR. It's way too big of a leap. Um, Shelly on Facebook says, Hi, Allie. The plan that Billy and Phyllis have to take down Victor is confusing for me for one reason. Phyllis has said repeatedly to Billy that she wants payback for what Victor did to her and Jack. Did I completely forget or miss the episode where Billy found out about the whole Marco fiasco? I was under the impression that no one but Noah, outside of the participants, knew about that. Yes, Shelly, I think that's true. I think Noah is the only person that knows. I don't believe that Billy and Ashley ever found out that there was a Marco on the scene at all. So you're right. It doesn't entirely make sense that Billy's teaming up with Phyllis if he doesn't understand what her revenge reason is, unless Billy just, I suppose, doesn't care what Phyllis's reason is um, and, and just wants 
wants to go along to get along. But that's a really good question, unless I missed it too. I think you're right though, Shelly. I think that um, only Noah is the one that found out about it. Um, let's see. Oh, Daisy on Facebook. This is a good one. Daisy says, <laughs> Lily cheats on Kane again, then has the nerve to tell Kane he has a problem. I don't expect Joe to be convicted, even though Paul's on Kane's side now. Joe will likely get away with what he did, uh, he did with Avery, which makes me wonder something about Joe and Victor. If I remember correctly, Daisy says, Victor brought Joe into town to shut down Dylan's bar, but then changed his mind. So Joe has gotten away with things for a while now, like Victor does. Judge Moxley and Victor had an affair. And based on the timeline of Victor and Nikki's other marriages, the early 90s, I wonder if Joe is Victor and Judge Moxley's son. Joe looks older than the timeline, but the writers can do anything. It's a soap. It would be interesting if Joe were Victor's son, though. Woo! I likey, I likey that theory. I mean, I, I like that Joe has potential. I think the guy, um, I think the actor is kind of a good fit on the show. We need a villain, um, especially since YNR is obviously trying to soften up Adam for us. So I think that would be a, a phenomenally interesting twist. I wish. <laughs> I really wish. Um, Eric at YRChat.com says, The show was teasing that there was not one but two devils at Newman Tower. My theory on the possible identity of devil number two is as follows. Devil number two, the non-Ian Ward one, is either Jack's doppelganger Marco or it's Gabriel Bingham. It's possible that Gabe didn't perish saving Adam in that fiery crash that fateful night, but it but it's still but he's still alive and might be the real mastermind behind Paragon. Um, on this possible scenario. I also like this theory, Eric. Um, I think it's I think it's really good because we've kind of talked about Gabe not really die, dying in the fire. We've sort of theorized about that before. And if anybody has a reason to dislike the Newmans, it would be the real Gabriel Bingham. He, uh, I believe his father killed himself over some kind of business deal gone awry with Victor. So that's a really possible scenario. I kind of, I feel like Weiner's done with Marco. Um, I, I just, I can't see them bringing back the whole twin thing again. They are Usually they do it and then they're done with it and we don't see the twin on a recurring basis. They, they kind of go off into the sunset <laughs> and we don't see him again. So I kind of feel like it's more probable that the real Gabriel Bingham might have been the other devil. But I think it's interesting that uh, Eric doesn't doesn't think that it's Joe. And again, another reason why I think I'm excited to hear the poll results for whether you think that it was Joe in the fire that night trying to kill Kane. Lady K on YouTube says, I don't think Joe hit Kane, though I do see Joe having a future as a Genoa City resident falsely accused. I should keep going back and forth. I can't decide how I fall on that question. Um, Colleen at YRChat.com was responding to the poll from last week. In fact, I got quite a few people who wanted to weigh in on whether or not Neil and Hillary should be reunited. And Colleen says, I want Neil and Hillary to finish their dream house and move in. I like that idea. 
Um, Astra at YRChat.com says, I vote that Neil find someone his own age. <laughs> These girls, Hillary and Gwen, are too young for him. I'm ready to see Neil in a new storyline with a new woman. I, I do agree, Astra. I think what it is maybe is that we need to see Neil in a more mature relationship. Man, he goes through women, doesn't he? I mean, it, we've tried many times to give him a good match since Drusilla, and it never worked out. I wish things with Harmony would have worked out. I really liked that actress. I thought they had good chemistry, and it just... Didn't go anywhere for one reason or another. Uh, Aaron on YouTube says, Hell no, I don't want to see Hillary and Neil back together. After everything Neil did in kidnapping Hillary and then covering up to think, she, to think she'd ever go back to him, that is absurd. My heart goes out to Devon right now. Yes. Um, now, Ellen at YRChat.com says, I don't see much emotional range with Devon. Whether he's saying, we must find Hillary, or but I love you, Hillary, or whatever. It all sounds and looks the same. Maybe he would fit better with a different story or a different love interest. I agree with Ellen here. I have, I have to admit, I even though I like Devon and I do feel for Devon, there is something about the performance and the connection and the chemistry that's not entirely there. I mean, a couple people have, have commented on the fact that the, uh, the story with Devon and Hillary was really good when it was the affair and then it kind of went off the, the rails when they finally got together. But there is something that, about Devon that's always the same and it's kind of always been like that for as far back as I can remember. So I don't know, maybe Weiner needs to do a little bit of Devon focus, show him doing something else, show him with a little bit of range. You know what? it is maybe it's that ever since Devon got rich it's, it's just there's not a whole lot of anything that's been there I don't know yeah I, I kind of feel you there Alan um Connor left me a voicemail and I'll end on this because he, he says you know Gwen has been used by Neil and Devon for months now. The fact that she's still hanging around these people is baffling, which I completely agree with, Connor. Uh, but then uh, Connor also says, This story for me only has two possible positive outcomes. Neil and Hillary need to get back together, and Dr. Neville needs a contract on this show. I agree. Bring on Dr. Neville! Only three episodes of YNR in a week is sad, but a big Soap for Soap fans giveaway is happy. <laughs> I'm really so thrilled to finally get the YNR-inspired cold process soaps that I have made into your hands. <laughs> I started making the Nikki and Victor soaps back at the end of August. So it's been a really long journey for me. Um, each bar takes six weeks to fully cure. So I started making these Young and the Restless inspired soaps at the end of uh, August and I've had to, you know, work my way through all eight of them, wait for all eight of them to be six week cured before I could even give them away to you. And I'm just so happy to finally be here for this week 
week's giveaway. Thank you, first of all, to everybody who entered. I am really shocked at how many people were interested in the soap and excited about it, and I appreciate so much all of your lovely comments on the website. Um, I am thinking that the three winners that I'm going to pick for today will hopefully have the bars in time for Christmas. That's my plan. So um, I think that I'll hopefully be making you a very, uh, giving you a very Merry Christmas. So without further ado, let's do a giveaway. Here is what I have done. If you entered into the giveaway at GenoaCitySoap.com, I wrote your name on a little soap bubble here. If you're listening to podcasts, you won't be able to see, but if you're watching the video, I've got everybody's name written on these little soap bubbles. I could have done this in far a far less elaborate way, <laughs> but that wouldn't have been as but I've got my bowl here. I decided I would do it in a little uh, kind of clear bowl so that maybe you can see your name in there. I mean, there's like digital ways that I'm sure that I could have uh, <laughs> done a giveaway, but I thought this would be fun and a little more, oops, somebody popped out, a little more anticipation. Um, but there's like 50 or so names in there and I am just gonna close my eyes and pick out three random winners who will win the bar of soap that they asked for. So on each of these bubbles I wrote your name and the bar of soap that you had asked for. So I'm gonna pull out the first one. Here we go. The first winner. <laughs> She's gonna be so happy. Victoria! She leaves comments at yrchat.com every single week, and I always love hearing from her. She chose to win the Victor Bar. I'm thrilled for Victoria. This is gonna like make her day. And I'm so happy that somebody got the Victor soap because of all of the entries. I was a little bit surprised that the fewest amount of people picked the Victor and Nikki soaps, which is just like so shocking to me. I can kind of understand maybe um, some people not being as attracted to the Victor bar because it's, pre it's pretty strong, but um, the Nikki bar is so beautiful and I'm like, I was shocked that most people weren't kind of into that. So I'm like most happy of all that somebody gets a Victor bar. That was the very first bar that I knew I was going to make. It the, was the first soap I agonized over the, the fragrance combination. I think it turned out really cool. So congratulations, Victoria. I'm just absolutely thrilled. I think you're gonna love washing up with, with Victor. Now, we're still doing two more people. <laughs> so the anticipation is, is building. Let me get a good mix here. All right, the number two winner of their choice of soap will be... <laughs> Henry! <laughs> Henry wins the Neil bar of soap. Yay, Henry! That's so funny because when I announced the Neil bar of soap, I told Henry this was the one he was gonna want. So hey, very serendipitous. Congratulations, Henry. I think you're gonna love the Neil bar. Um, it's just a good, fresh, clean smell. Um, it's a, it's a, um, 
aqua de Gio type fragrance and I was flipping through Black Friday ads this week and I saw um, that there was aqua de Gio everywhere and I'm like well I think it's a pretty good fragrance obviously it's very popular so Henry I'm gonna send you that beautiful bar which everybody was kind of salivating over because it was probably one of the best looking bars it was blue and white and kind of tiger stripey and uh, so that I'm so happy yay Henry <laughs> okay Okay, I got one more. Let me give it another good mix. I, I, it's funny because the overwhelmingly most popular one was Phyllis. Most people, I think I just got a lot of like very, because the Phyllis bar, the fragrance is very sexy and very sensual. I think I just got a lot of sensual and alluring ladies who, who, who love YNR and love YNR chat. So I'm going to be surprised if there's not a Phyllis one in here. That, because those that seemed like most of the entries were that okay okay it's time for the final <laughs> i think i have it in my hand right here the final winner of the yr soap bar will be Alyssa, <laughs> who chose the Ashley soap, which was the second most popular one, too. Number one was Phyllis, number two was Ashley. Also, this is a perfume um, duplicate. This uh, The Ashley soap is fragranced with uh, an Estee Lauder Pleasures type fragrance, which I also saw in the Black Friday ads. <laughs> so that's sort of um, also serendipitous. So congratulations to Victoria and Henry and Alyssa. I'm so happy for all of you. I really wish that I could send bars of soap to absolutely everyone. It breaks my heart to see everybody wanting them so much and, and knowing that I, I just, I, I mean, I can't just send them to everybody. I don't even have enough money to send them to everybody. Or, but I'm, when I become rich <laughs> and millionaire, I will definitely give all the soap away um, to everyone. I got so many people who were just like, please let me buy it, please let me buy it. Um, so I did, I am going to put up a pop-up shop at GenoaCitySoap.com. So if you didn't get a soap and you're absolutely dying to get one, um, I don't have that much. I didn't think I had enough to make a, a bunch, bunch of it, but I do have at least, I think I should have at least one bar of all of the different fragrances. So um, if, you're, if you're dying to get it, you can go to GenoaCitySoap.com um, and let's see. So you might want to do it quick though because I don't have that much. So um, probably first come first serve there. <laughs> um, and of course I'm going to continue to do the soap giveaways. Um, if you signed up for my soap newsletter, I've got a giveaway planned for that. And thank you to all the newsletter subscribers. You're going to be hearing from me very soon with some more fun giveaways. I do have three more YNR-inspired soaps that are in my curing closet right now, and it's a little bit of a twist. Um, they're not characters in Genoa City, but they're more. It's more of like a theme in Genoa City. So um, you guys will definitely have to stay tuned to see that. I should have them ready by the end of the month or the beginning of January. So you'll probably get some some of those soaps too. You can, of course. Go to GenoaCitySoap.com to read my blog, sign up for the newsletter. If you're really interested in the soaps, um, you can also go to the YouTube channel and see me making soap. Uh, I have 
I will have making of videos for all of the new soaps and of course all of the the first eight are there too so um, thanks to everybody for your awesome support I can't tell you how much it really means to me to to know that you guys are interested and that you have enjoyed them and everybody who's received a bar so far seems to have liked it and I think that um, Alyssa and Henry and Victoria are really gonna like them too so you guys thank you everybody for participating I love you and uh, stay tuned for more Genoa City Soap Okay, you guys, that does it for me for this week. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> this really, really, it has been um, the culmination of, a, of a, a lot of work and a lot of work for me. And um, I think I'm going to go relax now. It's been sort of a short YNR week or maybe a slightly shorter YNR chat. I think I'm just going to go kind of hang out uh, and enjoy myself, enjoy the rest of my day. I hope that you guys are enjoying your day and maybe a little bit of a long weekend uh, and that you come back next week so we can chat again about YNR. I will see you guys next Sunday. Bye!